<laughs> okay? Um, but uh, we, we use this as our foundational text, understanding that David came after their, his, his wives and, and the wives and daughters and sons of the men that were with him uh, when they discovered that they had been taken and city had been burned, families had been taken, not killed, but taken. Then the Bible says they cried, they wept until they could cry no more. And it was then that uh, David encouraged himself in the Lord. And after he encouraged himself in the Lord, then he called for his ephod. And then after he got his ephod and got everything in place, he went before God and inquired of the Lord. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Should I go after them? Should I overtake them? You know, should I overtake them? Can I recover all? And God said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. And with God's divine permission, David takes his fellows, his men, and they go to the camp. They meet an Egyptian who was, who was a slave of the Amalekites. And uh, they saw him, and they went back to the, he took them to the camp. And they was partying in the camp, the Amalekites. And David went in. The Bible says, slapped them all upside the head. No, it didn't. The Bible says he beat them up, okay? They beat them up, destroyed them, and uh, uh, recovered everything. They recovered everything. Everything that was taken, they recovered it all and had some spoils uh, along with it. Amen. The Bible says David recovered all. And so we're applying this particular scripture and this text to this teaching, uh, the, the six prongs that we're dealing with or that we're going to deal with, self-esteem, recovering that, health, recovering that, peace, recovering that, finances, recovering that, families, recovering that, and our soul, recovering it. And that's where we are now, the recovery of our soul, our fragmented souls. We're going to recover it, some pieces everywhere. We've got to get it all back. We're not a whole person right now. We've got pieces fragmented. Our mind, pieces of our mind is somewhere. You know, our emotions are still trapped in, in living somewhere else while we're physically here. You know what I mean? We've got to get all this stuff back. Tell somebody I've got to get my soul back. Amen. Tell somebody else I've got to get my soul back. Now be specific. Tell them I've got to get my mind back. Got to get my emotions back. Got to get it back. Got to get it back. Got to get it back. My physical body lives here, but everything else is in different places. I'm not whole anymore. I'm not whole anymore. I'm broken. I'm messed up. I gave away too much, and some stuff has just been taken from me. Hello? So we just got to get it all back. Good to see you. Okay. I've got to get it all back. I'm talking to Lila. Got to get it all back. All right? Amen. Amen. Write this scripture down. This is, this is, this this is random right here, but just write this scripture down. Luke 17 and verse number 32. All that scripture says is remember Lot, remember Lot's wife. Okay. I used it before and I put it and I inserted it as we were flowing before, but I just want to randomly throw it in right now. That just, that I just have you randomly putting it there just to remember Lot's wife. Why to remember her? Because she looked back. God was delivering. God was delivering. And she was so trapped. When they were leaving, her physical body was leaving. But her heart was still in San Francisco. No, her heart was... <laughs> Was in, was in Sodom, come on, and, and Gomorrah. And the Bible says when she looked back, 
It wasn't just a physical eye look back. Her physical posture represented something that was internal inside of her. And she turned into a pillar of salt, which is a whole nother thing there. Okay? I just want you to randomly just put that there. Luke 17, 32. Remember Lot's wife. Okay, you can't, you can't be delivered and start to try to recover everything still looking back. Hallelujah. Okay, it'll make sense when we get there. All right. Now, there are three main areas that we're really, really dealing with, um, really dealing with when it comes down to breaking divine recovery, uh, specifically breaking these unhealthy soul ties. We're looking at close relationships. That's the development of friendships and things of that nature. We're looking at covenants, vows, commitments, and promises. That's number two. Stuff we're saying out of our mouth. And then number three is sexual intimacy. These are the three areas that we're looking at in terms of how soul ties are formed or forged. Okay? There's some other things that I've said, and for the sake of time, I can't go back over those things, but it's on probably every, um, every review and on every CD, every teaching that we've done thus far. Okay? So we've covered close relationships. We dealt with that about friendships and things of that nature. I just happened to be watching um, um, Bishop Jakes. Just happened to be watching. They're showing some clips from some uh, messages from some years ago, and he was talking about the workplace, the Ten Commandments, uh, the Ten Commandments of the workplace, and uh, he's just talking about the purpose of going to the similar to what I've been saying. Purpose for going to work. You don't go there to make friends. All right, I'll keep moving. (laughs) You don't go there to be validated. You don't go there to get encouragement. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. You don't go there for affection. You don't go there to tell your sad stories. You go there to work. Amen. But unfortunately, we get trapped. We have to watch close relationships. All right, some, some, some of the people that we're hanging with right now, you know they ain't no good for you. All right, number two, <laughs> covenants, covenants, vows, commitments, and promises. We've, we've dealt with that pretty good. Talked about the power of our mouth, power of our words. Amen? Power of our words. When you make a vow, when you make a covenant, when you make a promise, come on, you make a commitment, you're doing all that stuff with your mouth. You're promising people. Okay? And when we get down to breaking Breaking some of these soul ties, we're going to look at and respect the word of God because you're going to see that some some people have made commitments and things. And we've said that uh, uh, I will never love another person ever in life. And you can't find them right now, but you told them that. I'll never love anybody else. You're my first. You're my first. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. Stop it. Some of us done got tattoos of certain people written on us. Oh, Pastor. 
not talking about them press-ons either. I'm talking about the one that you done bled from. Okay, some of them got tattoos written right at the base of our jumper. Ben the Noble, we've seen all the, the we've seen, anybody here named Ricky? If you name Ricky, if your name is Ricky, raise your hand. All right, you got Ricky written all on the back here. <laughs> anybody named Penelope? Folks, got writing all over your body. Amen. We were already told in Leviticus not to do that stuff. Amen. You ain't supposed to do that stuff, writing on your body and something. But we got names of people. All right. So, you know, um, stuff that you say, I mean, that's really where I'm at. You know, when, when we get to that, that part, you'll see why it's so important to understand and respect the word of God. Okay. All right. Covenant vows and commitments. All right. And we're on right now. Number three, which is sexual intimacy. Genesis 2.24 and Genesis 4 and 1, this really lets us know that uh, the sexual, sexual intimacy is relegated and reserved exclusively for marriage. It is a marriage act. I have a, I have a book, um, I have a book uh, by, I think it's, I think it's the LaHaye's, I can't recall. Um, Tim and his wife, LaHaye. I can't, I, I think that's who wrote it, but the name of the book's, book is called The Act of Marriage. How many of you ever heard of that book, The Act of Marriage? Yeah, The Act of Marriage. It's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible book. It is an incredible book for those who are married and then those who are preparing for marriage. It is an incredible book. They're very real about certain things. They show you, they, they talk about natural things and spiritual things and give you the connection. You know, but it's talking about sex. That's what it's talking about. The act of marriage. And so what they're in the book, what they're really referring to that the act of marriage is sexual intimacy. Okay. Hence, watch this, that every time there is a sexual act taking place, it is a marriage act taking place. Okay, Genesis 2.24 talks about how, how uh, for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave, right? Cleave, 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 cleave unto his wife. We'll see there in chapter 4, Genesis, verse number 1, how that Adam knew Eve. Using those in- sexually intimate terms. Y'all with me? And let me just go ahead and put this, you know, put this out there. Sex is not a nasty word. Amen. It's not ugly. You know, it's not a ooh. We just made it. We have made it such a nasty thing. You know what I mean? Because we mishandle it and we disrespect it. Okay? So, every time there is an act of, of a marriage or every time there is a sexual act, it is an act of marriage. Y'all with me? Yeah. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 
Okay, this is the third way that we're looking at that forms and forges a soul tie. Second Corinthians chapter number six. As you're traveling over there, remember what I said. Any time and every time there is any level of sexual intimacy in a relationship, a soul tie is formed. Not sometimes. Any time and every time there is any level of sexual intimacy in a relationship, a soul tie is formed. The more intimate you are, the tighter that bond becomes. The tighter that bond becomes. Amen? All right, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, it says there in verse number, uh, let's start at verse number 14. I lost it catching a piece of paper. Let me catch up. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, look there at verse 14, it says, be ye not, wow, it's kind of bold right there, huh? Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Y'all with me? And what concord, verse 15, and what concord or harmony hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement Hath the temple of God with idols. For ye are the temple of the living God. And God hath said. I will dwell in them. And walk in them. And I will be their God. And they will be. My people. Y'all see that? They'll be my people. Don't lose your spot. Don't lose your spot. Keep your finger there. Go go back now to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And remember, this is not a condemning lesson. We're not here to condemn anybody. We're just talking about how to break soul ties. We're telling you how they come, how they're forged, and then how we break them. Y'all with me? So I'm not pointing the finger at you. I do believe and understand that many of us in the room, we find ourselves in the lesson, though. Okay? Whether we say amen or not, you know, you want to, you know, you know, you not saying anything doesn't mean that you're, that you're safe. You know what I mean? It's, it's the word. And the word's looking for all of us. Yes, amen. You saw the video, right? Oh, yeah. Where the preacher was preaching. He's, yes. he's talking about Adam when God was walking through the garden. He said, Adam, where are you? Yes. Mm. I ain't going to mess with it. Okay? But God's just looking. You know what I mean? And he's finding us. He knows where we are. All right? Jesus came to undo all this stuff. Come on, First John 3 and 8. For this cause or purpose, the son of, son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil or amplified says to undo, untie what the devil tied. Hello. Okay. Jeremiah says, says to us that, uh, that he will restore and heal our wounds. So he's a God of restoration. Y'all with me? Joel 225 says he's going to restore all the years. Okay. All right. That, those are my closing scriptures. But I had to throw it in there right now. <laughs> you know, just to bring us back. 
you know, because I don't want you pastors just all over my case tonight. You know, I don't want you to feel that way because I'm not. I'm not. But look there at verse number uh, 16, 15 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at 15. Know ye not that your bodies are, the temp- are members of Christ? Shall I t- then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. Verse 16. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is what? One body. You, can you highlight that or underline that? One body. And then, and look at what he says after that. Look at what Paul says after that. Isn't that interesting? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Isn't that the same thing that we saw there in Genesis chapter 2? Isn't that like the marriage reference of the covenant of marriage? So then, if it's referring to marriage and we're talking about sexual intimacy as one of the areas and ways of of forging and forming soul ties, then a sex act outside of a legal marriage is an illegal marriage that has been created. So, so then if, I'm just stay right in the scripture for a second, then I'll lift up some stuff. So then, if a woman decides to connect with a male prostitute and engage in sexual activity, she just married him. Even though they go their separate ways afterwards, they are oh my God. illegally married. They're tied. Yes. 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 They are one. Wow. Oh my God. Hmm. On the other side, if 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 a man decides that he wants to connect with a woman prostitute sexually, they've just got married. Illegally, nonetheless, married. They walk away from each other. They're still one. According to scripture. I'm not trying to damage the text at all. Now, that's going like to the edge. Right? Talking about harlots and stains of that nature. That's going to the edge. Right? That's like extreme. I just set y'all up. Okay, that's extreme. So then what is it in between? Because of course we don't want to call each other harlots. <laughs> Things of that nature. Y'all just follow my train. We, we, don't, we, we don't want to call each other that, right? Hmm. I do, I think I'm back here again. I might say this. Let me say it again. I do a teaching on... The church to man relationship, man, you know, the church, the body of Christ to man relationship, the, the saint to saint relationship, right? The male to female relationship. Do teaching. On the saint to saint relationship, you know, you always have to go with three areas uh, to understand that relationship. You have to understand the purpose, then you have to understand the positions, and then you have to understand the expectations. 
That's a rule and principle for every relationship. That there's a purpose. What is the purpose for this relationship? What are the positions or roles in that relationship? And then what is the expectation of the relationship? You have to got to look at that. Purpose of the relationship, you know, is that we're children of God. And, uh, and, 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 you know, the, the, what, what, what's happening as children of God, you know, um, that we, uh, you know, that we are, um, taken care of, of course. I'm, I'm in a little bit in the expectation. We're taken care of by, by the Father. You know what I mean? But, uh, I don't want, I want to look at the positions. The positions is, or roles in the saint to saint relationship is that we are, we are all children of God, aren't we? And if we're all children of God and the saint to saint or, you know, brother to brother, sister to sister, brother to sister, you know, that type of thing. That means I gave it away just now. That means we're children of God, which means that we're actually brothers and sisters or brothers and brothers. Right now for a brother and a sister to engage sexually in the natural is called incest. So then in the spirit, it's still incest. It's a spiritual incest. Because that's who we are. We're brothers and sisters. So if brothers and sisters, you know, getting down like Leroy Brown, then there's spiritual incest taking place. Okay. I hope that just makes it make your stomach just like, oh, some of us didn't even look at it like that. Okay. But that's 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 what it is. Okay, and then as we deal with the expectation, the expectation is in that saint to saint, which is a brother and sister relationship. The expectation is this: that you would treat me what you think that the rest of that is. You would treat me. What's what's the natural flow? Treat me like how you want to be treated, right? That's that seems natural to go there, right? Because that's what we know, but that's not it. That you would treat me the way God would treat me. Because see, if I expect that you treat me the way I treat you, then I might be, you know, I might be going through some stuff and I might not be treating you the right way. You know what I mean? I might be dishonoring you and just all that kind of stuff. So let's just eliminate the human factor and let's just put it out there that you treat me, the expectation is that you treat me the way God would treat me. <laughs> That's all right. Let the lights go on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't hear her in the back. He was just saying that she had heard it said and preached one time that when you, she, she was nice. She said, when you do this action, when you do this action, <laughs> when you do this action, you do it with your remembering that Jesus is in there with you. Right? 
she just was making a comment adding on top of it okay just want you to just to see some things some real stuff that we're engaged in and a lot of a lot of things that we do we do a lot of them out of ignorance you know what I mean and uh, and we do it from the beast side We do it from the downside. Okay, we don't do it from our God-imaged side. We do it from our beast side. We do it from our impulsive side. We do it from our flesh side. We cater even though we're spirit, soul, and body. Right? We're not living out. We at Brother Tim. We're not living out of our spirit. That boy preached to me Sunday. Boy, you know you preached to me Sunday. Tim preached to me Sunday, y'all. We had a little sidebar minute. He was just, re- he was rehearsing to me what happened back in the, in the, in the MDC. Oh my God. But when we're not operating and living out of our spirit, here's what happens. You know, cause our spirit is, makes us God conscious, but our, our, our soul makes us self conscious. And when we're living out of self, dealing with our impulses and all those kind of things, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's a thing where, where, um, you know, it's about, this self gratification. This is what I need. My body needs some stuff. You know what I mean. Um, um, I've talked to several people over the years, and uh, a male and a female, and talking with them and counsel with them. Uh, female told me one time in the session, you know, trying to help them through a situation, you know, really how to break something, and they said, "Listen, you, you don't understand, Pastor. I need a man." You know, I appreciate their candor, you know. Okay. I'm just being honest with you, Pastor. And I, and I appreciate the honesty, but we got to get you right. right. I, I need a man. And then uh, counseling with a brother another year, another time. He, he, I'm a man, he said. I'm a man. <laughs> man, God's needs. <laughs> you know. I'm like, okay, okay, you are in trouble, brother. Right. You know, because there's no perspective on that. Basically, what because what you're really telling me is give me an answer. Give me something so I can go get my needs met. I need a word that's going to give me permission to deal with this. Because if I don't get a word that gives me the right to do this, I'm going to mess up doing it because I'm going to do it. So we got to reverse that whole thing and start living out of our spirit again. Okay. And again, this is not to slap anybody across the face, anything like that. This is, this is just to alert us and to awaken us of these soul ties. Serious, y'all. It ain't just teenagers. There's folks that's like 60 and, and in their seventies. You know what I mean? You know, especially when they come out with the Cialis and all this kind of stuff now. See okay, Alice and all this and, 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 and all that stuff, Viagra and all that kind of stuff, man, that just granted permission to, to some, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know what I mean, 90s, still nasty, you know. Mm-hmm. There was a guy, I ain't going to tell you who it was, he's gone, he's passed on now, but he was, he was, in his 80s, 
in his 80s. And I couldn't hardly take him. You know, he had a skill, so I, I would need his services on certain things. He had a skill. But it was, I couldn't hang around him while he was fixing, you know, working all my stuff. Because he was just nasty. You know, just nasty. I had to, I just, never mind. No more. I'll finish it up myself. Because it's just, just 80-something years old, just, just dirty. You know, just dirty. Um, you know, passed on now, but it's, it was a shame. So it don't matter. You ain't got to be, no, you know, just a teenager. You can be up in age. And you know, I am dead now. Let me slap you one time to see if you feel that. Because if you feel the slap, you are still alive. Don't Tell even try. Tell the truth. Yeah. All right. That was a joke, but it fit. It fit well. Right there. Okay. Again, what I'm doing is I'm just trying to raise it up so that we can see. The significance and how soul ties can be created through sex. Sexual intimacy creates a soul tie. I need everybody to say amen on that one. Amen. Okay. Now let's look at. <clears throat> let's look at. Um, let's go back to the fragments. Okay, I, I was going to deal with being unequally yoked, but that's probably that would probably take a whole session because there could be a plethora of questions that can come off. Of what do I do now? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm already married. You know, I'm, those kind of things come up. So, and uh, um, I need a forum to just deal with that because you have to live with that. You just need strategy and how to handle that. That's all. Okay, but now I want to look at the fragmentation of our soul. And what I mean by that is, I told you that, I mentioned that the, 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 the more sexual intimacy is engaged in, the tighter the bond. Remember I said that? Yeah. Okay. And we looked at it, and at one aspect, you're talking about one person. Okay. But let's just talk about multiple people. That, that, uh, that perhaps a person has been involved sexually with. Okay, multiple people. Okay, I ain't trying to take you down no lane to, to remember stuff and to bring up stuff that's going to break your heart. I just want you to know what you are presently living with and dealing with for those who have, you know, been involved with multiple partners. Okay, because the, 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 the climate of our society, many times before, before, mainly before we come into the knowledge of revelational truth, um, the, the climate of our environment and society, you know, it doesn't think in terms of preparing for marriage. It doesn't think that way. It thinks in terms of, you know, getting together with somebody, you know, hooking up with somebody and, you know, being cool and somebody I can hang out with, I can go to dinner with, uh, go to movies with, go on vacation with, go on trips with, you know, that type of thing. You know, someone I can have fun with, you know, go to the club with and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about pre-Christ. Go to the club with, you know, and just kind of drink with, just kind of do, get high with, all that kind of stuff. You know, have some fun, right? And then when it don't work out, ain't no biggie. Ain't no biggie. You know, ain't, ain't, ain't married, you know, and you're gone because either, you know, he, he cheated or, or uh, he can't trust her or whatever the case is, there's a breakup, right? 
And then there's this period of time now, and then we meet someone else. We meet that person, we have dinner, you know, and for some it's a one-night thing. The first night, then you go ahead and get it, you know. And then for some it's it's a wait, you know, you got a 90-day rule. Some of y'all watch all these movies, you know what I mean? You got these 90-day rules, you know. And you listen sometimes, you listen to Oprah sometimes, you know what I mean? And, you know, and just listen to certain, certain, certain things that speak to you. And so you got, so you get smart. I'm smarter now. I have a 90 day rule. Are you that smart? Okay. You're saying after 90 days, if he's faithful and he shows you good, you know, nothing but good, then after 90 days, you'll go ahead and surrender. That was a good word. Go ahead and surrender. Well, that 91st day, 12 midnight. What you talking about? 12 midnight, 1201, right? You know, and, uh, you know, and so, you know, all these things are out there. And so here's what happened. Then that relationship don't work. You know what I mean? So you walk there. You know, then there's another one. And then if we look down, if you look down the halls of a lot of our lives, you, you can, you find that there's a number of people in our lives that, that, that some of, and I'm saying our, because I don't want you to think I'm just pointing at you. I, I'm not doing it. You look at our lives and you see that there's a number of people that we have been sexually intimate with. You know, we applaud you for being a virgin as long as you was, but then after that, you just lost control. You know what I mean? And then now you have a, you know, some people, if here's real, I'm just real, there's some people that you, you can go down, you like to forget it, but you go down and you'll see that there's five, for ladies, there's five guys, 10 guys, 15 guys, 20 guys. Okay. So I said, keep going, okay, and beyond, different guys, right? Okay, y'all just let me talk if you can't say amen or anything like that. And, and then, and then you look on the other side. Then you got, you know, uh, the guys. I mean, the, the 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 thing that I heard that just broke my heart was Wilt Chamberlain. You gotta say, I'm, a, I'm 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 basketball. I love basketball. But when they told me all of the women that he was with over a hundred women or something like that, did you hear that? More than that? How many, was it? Was it in the hundreds? A thousand? Thousands of women. Okay. Pardon me. Oh, absolutely. All right. She said, is that possible? She's trying to deny it. Don't y'all listen to her. She's trying to, I heard you saying that ain't true. That ain't true. All you need is three a night. Y'all heard of that. It happened in the city of Corinth. All you need is an old fashioned orgy. Take some cocaine, stay up all night long. Some of y'all know about that. You don't need to know about that. It's down low. That's street stuff. Okay? It's possible. It's amazing. Sickening. But possible. 
you know. You got these mentalities on the guys. They're just looking, you know, looking to see, you know, I'm going to get her. 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 They scope it out. And they make the plan. You know, they're going to pull your, you know, brother, they're going to pull your girl. You know, all this kind of stuff, all these games. And then at the end of the day, you know, you have this list of people that you've been with. And because you don't have no knowledge and you live in ignorance, it ain't nothing but a thing. But you don't know that you are, you have created soul ties with these people. And now we wonder why people are acting out the way they act out. It's because all those personalities, all those spirits manifest themselves at certain times. You know what I mean? You know, then you have to deal with this situation, get back to where I'm trying to get to. Then you have this thing with men. Men can disconnect from a relationship quicker than a woman can disconnect. Doesn't mean he ain't still tied. Just means that he can disconnect quicker. Okay. Ain't nothing. He done. All right. I'm done. She ugly. You know, whatever it was. You know, and he going on and he going on. Right. And now she. Because he doesn't said all these words, he doesn't said all these things. He's gonna set him up, set you up, you know. He play a player, you know what I mean. He balling real hard, and you love that, ladies. You love that stuff, you know. He's a big time baller, big time. Take you to the best, finest restaurants. Did all that kind of stuff, right? Now he done with you, you know. And some of it he did in your face. Okay, now he going on, and while you sitting home crying, because you hate love him. Love ain't, hate ain't nothing but love turned around, that's all. It's a serious passion to the nth degree. You love him so much that you hate him. Okay? Now here's the thing, and I want to put this out there. Ladies, I don't want you to think... I'm going to tell you a reason why he can do that. But I don't want you to think that he, he is not tied and he's going on carefree. He is just as emotional as you are. It seems like women are more emotional than men. And the reason why it seems that way on the surface is because women, they, 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 they wear it on the outside. But it only, they only wear it on the outside because of what's happening internally. Okay? And women are not good at covering their emotional stress. They are not. Men are geniuses in covering. They're, they're just as emotional, but they are geniuses. They will only show it in a safe place. And that's very few. Because men don't cry good together. It has to be just a safe place where he can just go and, and, and emote. But he has the same emotion, just as intense. He doesn't carry his out a whole lot, in, even in tears. Many times he'll carry his out in anger, you know, and, and anger. Okay? He'd go out in the yard and, and holler. In the, in the yard, you just go out in the backyard and just scream. He'll go outside and walk all night long. 
Okay? Predominantly women cry, men get angry. Same emotion, just carried out differently. Men hide theirs well. The reason why is the part of the brain that the women operate on turns them internal. Makes them emotional. The part of the brain that they function from makes them emotional first before, before, traditionally speaking, not all, but traditionally speaking, makes them more emotional first before they become rational. That's why women want to understand stuff. They want to know why. And nine times out of ten, a man never gives her why. To give her the real reason why is to make himself vulnerable to her. And he is very reluctant to becoming vulnerable to anybody. When you tell a man, you work on a man about becoming open and vulnerable in a relationship like he should in a marriage relationship to be vulnerable and open because it's not territorial. You know, you ain't trying to keep no ground. This, we're one. To get him to that place, watch this, to get him to a place where he is surrendered and yielded to the relationship and they really become one, all he, all he needs is one time for you to make fun of him, ladies. Clown him one good time about one thing. He will shut down. Clown him once. Especially if he made himself vulnerable. Laugh at him. Just laugh at him one time. Laugh at him one time. He will clam up. He will shut down on you. Because he's so protective and he's so territorial. Because the part of the brain that he accesses for life makes him more visual and more external. It makes him more visual and external. The part of the brain that he accesses to, to function and whatnot. It makes him more visual and external. That's why you hear the term that men are more sight motivated. And they are. Men are sight motivated. Every woman, ten women can walk down the street. And an undisciplined man, because he's sight motivated, he will look at every one of them. He will look for the features. Okay? He looks at her face. He looks at her breast. He looks at her um, hips. Good word. <laughs> you know, he looks at, and I'm trying to be crass with him, but that's what he, that's where he's at. He's looking at those features. Those are the three main articles that he's looking at. Face, breasts, and hips. Then he makes a decision. If the first one denies him, he'll go to the second one. Hey, shorty. He'll have his phone to his ear and ask you, why aren't you picking up? Okay. He's sight motivated. Okay. And whatever he's more interested in, he can forego the other things for that one thing.
Because he's like, the, the part of the brain that he accesses for functionality makes him more external in things. So here, he disconnects easily because he has not given his whole heart. He's given you his eyes. Part of the brain that the woman accesses makes her, she, she does things more function, functionally. She does things internally. So she's more emotional. She's more relational than a man. You don't have to open the door for a man. It don't mean nothing to him. Open the door for a woman, that means something. Well, she says, Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Then she goes back and she checks her list. He's a gentleman. Okay. When you go to dinner, he wants. She wants to know if he's going to pay for mine too, or we're going to go Dutch, or am I going to have to pay? (laughs) If she has to pay, ain't no more relationship. Ain't no. Ain't no need to go another further. We're done. Okay. She can deal with the Dutch, but if he pays for the food, <laughs> she checks it off. Mm-hmm. And she loves it on the first first uh, date, as it called. She loves it if he doesn't ask for anything afterwards. Oh, <laughs> she don't even know he got a plan. But oh. He respects me for my mind. (laughs) Y'all there? Okay. I'm just really talking about the access points of the of the brain, just so you understand the, the the differences. You know, you want ladies, you want him to feel the same pain you're feeling. That's why you do stuff to try to get at it. Go rock at his car. Because he did you wrong. You don't do me like that. I'll bust your windows out. You know, I know where you live. You know what I mean? I know where you live. I will throw a rock at your door. Your tires. You come out in the morning, your tires. You ain't going nowhere right now. You done paid $400 per tire. So what? <laughs> she just got you where it hurt. My, my point is this, that, that there, there are the, the reaction levels, you know, bec- it comes as a result of how we process. Okay, how we process. All right. Women predominantly are stuck longer. As a result of a soul tie. Than a man. Okay. Because I'll give you this. And then I'll, then I'll wind it up. Y'all are y'all just a great class. Because men are more external. Because men are more external. They 
they, they, they are more vision oriented. Okay? I'm going to take it spiritual, then I'm going to take it natural. They're more vision oriented. Okay? Men, vision. They're the head. They're leaders. Providers. They're visionaries. Women follow vision. Women follow vision. I share with couples many times. I say this. When I have them both there, sometimes I do this many times. I will look at him, the male, and I will ask him, what is your vision? What's your purpose? Why are you on this planet? And if he's unable to tell me, then I will shift in my seat and look at her. And I'll say to her, you want to marry him. But he don't know why he's on this planet and he don't know where he's going. So that means he's going to take you somewhere that he don't know where he's going. And he will be experimenting because he don't know why he's here. And he gets hot. He generally gets mad at me. He just, I mean, yeah, and I don't care because I did it on purpose. And then after I let that heated moment, after I'm talking to her and it's all, what you know, I look back at him. I said, listen, my point is this. You want to get married because you say you're in love. Love don't keep people together. Not the kind of love you're thinking about. I said, the Bible says that you have to dwell with them according to knowledge. You need to know that she follows vision. And if you don't know where you're going, you're going to have a hard time and she's going to have a hard time. Because I use it as a, as a, a teaching moment. V- women follow vision. They're good with that. Yes. Okay. Women connect in, in spiritual settings. They connect more than men. That's why you see more ladies in most of our churches than men men don't do well following another man because he puts his pants on one leg at a time just like me what he got that I ain't got and then the men tell their their spouses their wives or their girlfriends oh you love him too you you like him you got something with him I'm just going to tell y'all, because some of y'all done dealt with it. I know. Oh, you in love with Pastor Hodge? Oh, you got something for him? What he doing for you? What he doing for you? Oh, you in love with him? You're always at the church. You stay late too. Ain't that much church, right? I didn't heard about these gigolo preachers. I mean, he will go straight down. I didn't heard about them. All they want is your money. And some cookies. 
y'all know, yeah, I, I had to say, I couldn't help myself. Come here, let me spell you. Now that's, that's real funny, but you know what? That's real, y'all. Because many times men and women don't understand this whole dynamic. Wife coming to church and he wants to stay home because he wants a game. He wants a game. You go ahead. She, she, that's why she's praying and he's not. She, I talked to some men. Yeah, well, she prayed. She, yeah, she got me. She praying for me. You know, I've heard some husbands won't come because, because he wants to be invited to church by his wife. I don't come because you don't invite me. That's a lot of the dynamics that we're dealing with. And that's why we have so many issues and problems. I told you on this before and I'll say it again. Amongst African American and Hispanics are the, are, are the highest two ethnic groups that are more passionate Passionate and and erotic than others as a whole. Because those two ethnic groups think that they know it all. They don't need nobody to tell them nothing. For predominantly African Americans, you tell them to come in for counseling, they look at you cross eyed. I don't need no counseling. I'm grown. You know, I'm a grown man. Y'all know what that, that middle word was. Right? If you don't, don't worry about it. Let it be a dash. Y'all with me? We don't, we don't want to be told and taught nothing. You're not teaching me nothing. What you mean? You're going to teach me something. I know how to do this. Right? And we have less success. We have less success and a whole bunch of babies, you know, assigned to a whole different, whole bunch of people. We got to straighten out this whole family thing. I'm going to deal with that. We got to straighten all that out, you know, and I believe that, that this is the time to do it. Okay. We can't, we can't go back and, and, and redo what we did. Brothers, if we got children everywhere and you can't go back, oh, I wish I could go back and turn back the hands of time. You can't. Okay. You start right from where you are. You become responsible and you use the platform that you have now, the experience that you have now to teach from. Okay. You repent and teach and you teach through repentance. You keep repenting while you're teaching. You know what I mean? So that the next generation coming up behind us, you know what I mean? Will have, will have, will have a greater opportunity to do it better. I told my oldest son and, and my sons, I told, I said, y'all got a chance to do it better than your dad did it, man. I tell them, I said, you got a chance to do something that your dad didn't even do. You know, and they think their dad's pretty all right. But I told them, I said, there's something that you all can do 
that your dad didn't even pull off. You know, and I'm real with them. You know what I mean? Ladies, okay, you got all these children, right? And all these different guys, okay? All these different last names all over the place. You can't go back and turn back the hands of time. Okay? You got six children and there's six baby daddies. Okay. All right? We're not going to point our finger at you and mush you down. No. We use the platform that we now have. We get delivered. We use the platform that we now have and we teach from. You show your scars. You see what I got? You don't want that. You know, see that? <laughs> you don't want that. No, really. I mean, we we have to just come on, man up, woman up, okay? Because this is not a bashing, you know, party. This is about divine recovery, y'all. Okay, you slipped up one time and you got pregnant. There are abortions. I did I, I preached a conference many years ago in Pennsylvania under a tent. And the subject that I had to deal with was abortion. And I showed in the scriptures how that the enemies of the children of Israel came and they ripped the, the ladies' stomachs open. And I used it as, a, as, as my basis for talking about abortion. And that's real. In the body of Christ, it's real. You say what you want to say, but the saints have gotten abortions. They don't talk about it, but they've gotten it. Percentage-wise, some of it's in the room today. We're not here to point a finger at you. We're here to tell you that there is divine recovery for you. Can I close with this? Y'all still with me? I know you want to run out. I know you do. I know. Because this is hard. This is hard. Okay. I'm not trying to, I mean, there's, I can talk about the good soul ties and we use those as analogies, but I'm really talking about how to break some, some bad stuff. That's what this is really about. Okay. Breaking some stuff and recovering what we need to recover. Trying to get our souls back. Okay. Now, final thing I want to say today. Did y'all pretty much understand what I was saying tonight? Okay. All right. I want to close with this. As we start moving in and segueing into breaking soul ties. This is going to be pretty interesting when we get there. Okay. We go to breaking soul ties. Um, I want you to begin to think in terms of what do you have physically? What do you have still at your house as a possession that every time you look at it, You wear it. 
you remember. Something that you're tied to and you shouldn't be tied to. I want you to start thinking in terms of what do you have? Articles. What do you have that lives in your house that you possess? That you're holding on to that makes you remember to a fault. It makes you hurt. It makes you think. It makes you long. It makes you, you know what I mean? It makes you Lot's wife. It makes you do that kind of stuff. What do you have that's still a connection to something that you broke? I want you to think about that because what we're going to start doing is start cleaning house. I talked about the three C's before. Y'all remember me mentioning the three C's? Crisis, crucible, construction. The main part that I I dealt with really was the construction part. Crisis when the, when the, when the building falls, crucibles having to deal with it, trying to make it, don't know how. Mm-hmm. Construction or reconstruction is that area where you build again. Amen. And the point that I made about Amen. the third C, which is construction, is before you build again, you have to remove what has fallen down. Amen. The rubble, the stuff. You gotta remove that stuff before you can build again. Because if you leave that stuff there and try to build on top of it, You can use the best materials in the world. The house is coming down. In other words, your life is going to fall again. And you will repeat what you have been doing. Okay. So we got to break cycles. We got to do all that stuff. Okay. We got to clean the surface. So there's some things I want you to start thinking about. What do you have in your house, in your drawer? Okay. I'm going to say this. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Bras purchased by him. Underwear, panties. Ooh, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church right now. Trinkets. Some of you, some of you done got divorced. Watch this. Some of you done got divorced and you still got that wedding ring. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I know I'm talking to somebody. I don't even care either. It's mine. Cause you're looking at the value of the thing and, and all of that. It's mine. He gave it to me. Get that thing away. Throw that thing in the trash. Okay, I'm sorry. You do whatever you want to do with it, okay? The lesson is to help you recover. Yes. yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yourself. Amen. You still got Brent living up in your house. And he ain't even there. Brent's still living in the bedroom. Ain't nobody here named Brent, right? Can't even call a name. Okay. Judas. Okay. Lazarus or somebody. Right? Okay. Start thinking about that stuff because some of that stuff, you'd be surprised of the spirit of a thing that you still got living in your house. Y'all here? I want you to also begin to think in terms of the wording that you have used. 
Stuff like, you're the best. I ain't never had <sighs> nothing like this. Diana Ross, what she said? We never had nothing like this before. No, I'm, 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 there's stuff that we have said. Yes. <laughs> you're the best. Woof. All that kind of stuff. Think about the things that you've said. All right. Y'all see the teens? I'm going to tell y'all right now. I'm warning you right now. I'm going to be talking to them soon about some of this stuff. I'm telling y'all right now. I'm telling y'all right now. I'm telling y'all right now. I know some of y'all need some gauze right now and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Some cotton balls and gauze and stuff. But uh, our children are, 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 they, they, let me tell you, let me tell you. They are the apple of God's eye. Amen. In them, you know what I mean? Kings and priests in them. You know what I mean? They, they are, you know, on the precipice of, of taking our business world over. Our technology world over. Come on. Pastoring and evangelists and, you know. Apostles and prophets and teachers right in there. You know what I mean? Educators right there. They're going to shape and mold the future. So I want you to think about those things that I start talking about. I want to bog you down. I just want to start thinking, I want you to start thinking about it because once we go, when we come back together next week, we're going to actually go into breaking them. Okay. We're going to use our mouth and renounce some stuff. Amen. Come on. Amen. You know, we're going to abandon some stuff. We're going to be on the altar repenting. Okay. I'm not just saying I'm sorry. I'm talking about going into repentance. Okay. I'm going past the I'm sorry. Because there's such a sin consciousness, that's something else, there's such a sin consciousness on us, we'll say, I'm sorry, afraid to repent because we don't know, we don't trust ourselves when we get up from here. That's a sin consciousness that's on us. That's a sin guilt consciousness on us. So we'll play it safe and say, I'm sorry. And we'll say stuff like, the Lord will forgive me. we put all that little stuff in place because we're afraid. So we'll break the fear. Okay, but we we coming to the altar. We're coming to the altar. I hope, I'm hoping that the church is jam packed next next Wednesday, next Wednesday after next. Oh yeah, okay. All right, the seminar Tuesday and Wednesday next week. Okay. All right. When we come back together for this, matter of fact. I'm supposed to be, I might finish this up on Sunday. Because you know I've been doing Sunday and Wednesday. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. 
<laughs> oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But um, this, this, this is, I think, one of the most incredible lessons, amen, for a church to have to engage in, you know, at this time. Amen. We're going to finish this year strong, y'all. Yes, yes. All right. This is, this is sobering. This ain't got a whole lot of hype connected to it, but it has a whole lot of life connected to it, y'all. Stand to your feet, all right? Stand to your feet. We're done for the night. I could never love another man like you. <laughs> this is forever. Ain't got no grounds, ain't got no no strength, ain't got nothing. All right. All right. Lift your hands right where you are. Amen. Talking about divine recovery. Amen. If David can go get it all back, we can all get it back too. We can get our souls back. Amen. I'm getting my stuff from Vegas. <laughs> Amen. Getting my stuff from Vegas. Uh-huh. Getting my stuff from Hollywood. Getting my stuff from New York City, Manhattan. Getting it back. Amen. Get my stuff back from San Francisco. Okay. okay, I'm talking in the generic now. But I'm getting my stuff from San Francisco. That's the that's the capital. They said that's the capital of the United States for homosexuality in Frisco. Okay. Now, if I really want to go raunchy, I'll just go out there, up there near the Netherlands over there. And uh, what's that place over there in the Netherlands? What's, what's that place over there in the Netherlands? Uh, um, it's a stop when you're traveling international. It's a stop. Amsterdam. Don't go. If you ain't got no strength, don't go. It's like going to Provincetown. Stay away. Seems like y'all know about Provincetown. If you're gonna go to if you're gonna go that way, just get on the get on the ferry and go on over to Martha's Vineyard. Don't stop in Provincetown. When you get there, just get right on the little thing ferry and go right on over to the Martha's Vineyard. Get away from Provincetown. Hallelujah. I'm getting it all back, y'all. That's all I'm saying. Getting it all back. Getting it all back. Somebody needs to go ahead and get rid of that extra apartment you got. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, God, we love you so much. Thank you for your delivering power, God. Hallelujah.